Okay, guys, wow. You just listened to me explain how the NBA was run by witches for most of the 90s. Might still be today. With me to discuss further, my guy, NBA Paint. We've changed your voice so that the NBA warlocks cannot find you. How are you doing today, human friend? You good? (laughs) Yeah, I'm good. Thank you for having me on, you know. I like to consider myself kind of an expert in this space. And by expert, I mean, I read the Wikipedia of Wicca for the past uh, 48 hours, which hopefully that, you know, catches me up to speed. I feel like I got it all down. Bro, listen, that's all you need, ma'am. <laughs> off tops, you agree. You see that this is real. When I started this, I thought it was, I thought I was messing around and then it got realer Every minute. Bro, I feel also like where you just mentioned that, is it still going on? I almost feel like it's more present today than it was back in the 90s, just based off of like uh, worshiping like the triple goddess, like triple double, triple goddess, like that connection's there and the triple double's even more Ooh. prevalent than it is like back in the 90s. Like it feels like a triple double is now so commonplace. Like you have Russell Westbrook breaking the record. You have players dropping it every single game. Like, Luka Dockage is probably going to even break Russell Westbrook's like record by the end of his career. Um, so I feel like one, that being right there, I was like, holy shit, like that connection's there. I felt like I was in, you know, those like movies where they're connecting like the red lines. Like I felt like that was going on in my head and I started taping all these lines. The horn God, like was also something that stuck out to me. Like there's the goat debate that's hot happening. Like, literally every single day on Twitter. Like you can't post, you post something not even relevant to like LeBron or or Michael Jordan. And the first thing that like pops up in your Twitter comments is someone making like a LaFraud like joke in the comments saying that he's not the GOAT and it's MJ. And there's this constant debate of like, who's the GOAT? And you can just tie that back to like the GOATs, the, the horned God. And it's like all these NBA fans trying to figure out who they should be like worshiping, which is which is a point I'm like, yo, you've unveiled like this whole like box full of, I don't know, something that, that hasn't really been thought on. Uh, and I thought it was like crazy. I'm just trying to show people a, a new way to, of life and thinking and broadening horizons and all that stuff, man. And what I want to say on the goat matter is I, I like where you're going with that. I don't like how the goats have been appropriated. In the sports world, I don't think the animal goat asked for any of this. No way. But we're here now. Yeah, he's an innocent bystander. Had no clue. Also, hey, NBA fans, feel free to worship anyone who can dunk. You don't have, it doesn't have to be, why do we need one person to worship when there's 500 guys in the league? That's a very good point. I feel like... That's like the level-headed approach, right, to, to the GOAT conversation is like anyone can have their personal GOAT. Like, I feel like the GOAT for me is someone that growing up watching basketball is someone who I like aspired to be. And growing up for me, like that person was Shaquille O'Neal. Like I, growing up, wasn't watching Michael Jordan every single night. Growing up, I was watching Shaq. So like for me, he's had a, like a, a much more, a greater impact on my like basketball universe than that mj ever had but if i were to tell someone that like who's the avid like goat chaser 
they'll they'll shun me from any single conversation that happens, you know? They'll be like, how dare you? Yeah. Michael Jordan would have <laughs> serial killed Shaq. Like, what do you mean, dude? He would have sacrificed him. <laughs> yeah, he would have he would have killed him at an altar. Like, I guess, man, sure. Uh, it's like, yeah, it's just a game. <laughs> yeah, it's just a fun game, guys. But it's serious. It also, it seems like on Twitter, it gets more serious the less followers you have. Like, you're following 12 people. You have zero followers. You've been on Twitter since 08. Basketball means a lot to these guys. Yeah, those people are ruthless. And, like, uh, I kind of, look, I'm, I sit on both ends of the, the spectrum because I those comments crack me up. Like, I feel like if you go in and you look at those and, like, those people are angry but you don't take them seriously, like, those are some of my favorite comments that pop up. I think where I get, like, as a fan, too, where I get a little, like, I'm like, all right, take a step back. Uh, and this is, like, maybe a controversial take. Um, but I think one of like the modern goats right now, and just in terms of like the way they approach basketball, uh, outside of like being on the court is I think what Kevin Durant's doing and the way he interacts with fans across social media is so cool. There's like no other, you know, player in history really that will just jump on like a spaces on Twitter. Obviously they couldn't have done that like 10 years ago, but that'd be like walking up to, you know, a couple of random people who are talking about basketball. And imagine like someone like, I don't know, like Gary Payton walking up and just having like an honest conversation about what he feels like guarding like Michael Jordan's like or guarding like like a top, you know, top five player in the NBA. It's like Kevin Durant drops into the space and is literally talking about his experiences in the NBA. And you have these like people who obviously haven't played in the NBA trying to tell him like what he actually is about. It's like, yo, just respect that he's there and like appreciate that there's a player who who's out there like having this open conversation with people is really sick. On a side note, my goat, Aaron Carter. He's the only one who beat Shaq. <laughs> yeah, only one. Beat him one-on-one and he's like half his size. Come on, son, in Shaq's prime. Also, you gotta, you gotta take into the fact that like goats are small, so he really takes on the whole like physical aspect of a persona. goat of a goat yes uh the suns and the bucks making the final this year so we put the story together and then the suns and the bucks made the final and i was like all right it's all real yeah it's set in stones <laughs> yeah yeah it's done it's lives written in the sea scrolls there's no way around it david stern witch magic johnson witch uh michael jordan begrudging witch uh, bro and who's on the suns you have point god like that's literally, you couldn't have set it up for an easier layup to just prove that, like, this whole thing is real, is an actual real fallacy, you know? Chris Paul brought himself back from the dead. Yeah, he was considered a negative asset. And I remember, like, every single team being like, oh, you can't move that contract. You can't move that contract. And all of a sudden, like, watching him play on the Suns, every single, like, person I was talking to was yearning for him to be on their team. Like, Yo, a year ago, people would be like putting a hex on you if you even said that. And now teams are like, yo, let's get this guy on right away. People don't realize how long it takes for these spells to take effect, man. That whole time he was in OKC, shit was just bubbling in the cauldron, man. You got to let it all, like, you got to let them ingredients soak. Yeah, 100%. Also, based on, like, you saying, you know, hexes take time, like, 
something else got me thinking when you're, you're bringing all this up, like little B is out there. He's kind of like a side representative casting hexes. Like remember back Mm. in 2015, he put that hex on, uh, James Harden, like that's still going on. Like, I don't see, you know, James Harden breaking that hex right now. Like I love that guy, but he's got to, you know, answer to someone relatively soon. How do you, how do you stop a hex from little B? Do you just, Hang out with them a couple times or I feel like you gotta you either gotta hang out with them or you gotta be like, yo, know, little B's like the base god and and kind of, you know, showcase that you take him seriously, you take his hex seriously, and like you listen up to the greater good, you know? This all checks out for me. Uh who would you say has the most mystical power in the NBA now? It's a really good question. Um I mean cr- Chris Paul's a good answer, but he had to bring himself back to life. So maybe he's not that strong with the wizardry now because he blew his nut. Yeah, I feel, I feel like I feel like for me, there's two answers. I mean, LeBron is obviously a mystical being. The dude's like 70 years old and still playing in his prime. And we don't even know, like, you know, by the end of this contract, he could still get another max contract. Um, I also feel like the dude has a ton of pregame rituals that like might be flying under the radar like the chalk throw up like we don't know if he's just throwing up chalk or he's trying to summon you know some greater spirit to aid him on an active member of the goat debate like there's there's some connection there right um i also think what's interesting too is like he you know hometown of cleveland uh like played for the Cavs, right i think the Cavs like had a mascot isn't it like the moon dog or something why did they ever have a mascot that was that was Moondog? Like that makes zero sense. So the connection there, I feel like you can't you can't pass that up. The other side of the coin, uh, LeBron aside, I'd say like Giannis might be the the next upcoming kind of like spiritual guy. And the only reason I think this is that last game, like he was brutal from the free throw line. Like, uh, like it was pretty well known to like hack him. Teams were counting against them. He's at the free throw line taking like two full minutes to shoot one shot. Uh, So one, you're like, why is he taking so much time at the line? Is he like conjuring up a spell? Is he trying to like, I don't know, put some greater being into the ball so that he can like actually get it, you know, through the hoop. Uh, And then that last game, he shoots like 18 for 20 from the free throw line, which is like a historic all time performance. Uh, I think there's something greater there. You know, I think. To play that well, there's got to be some sort of spiritual component, uh, whether you believe it or don't, like Giannis probably believes it. Um, and I think that's all that matters. That's real. I'm looking at the converse athletes, Kelly Oubre, Shea Gilgis, Alexander, Natasha Cloud, a member of the Washington Mystics. They look like they're trying to start a coven. Dude, for sure. Also, like, I feel... <laughs> All those uh, Converse athletes, too, are, like, all, I feel like, too good-looking as well. Like, what's up with that? I feel like there's, Converse has some, you know, hand in the coin where they're specifically choosing these, like, I don't know, spiritual predecessors to yeah. come into the league. They're all young guys. Uh, so I think there's some truth there. SGA, when you watch him play, too, he's got, like, this handle on the ball where he can play at any speed he chooses. Like, he almost slows down time. When he's like uh, hitting his like you know mid range shot, uh, 
So I think SGA, especially like there's something, there's something different going on with that dude. Ubre is a little toss up. He had a rough, you know, rough start on the Warriors this past year. Uh, but things started to kind of click more towards the end of the season. Uh, but definitely honed in on that SGA thought. He gets a little wild with the spell casting. SGA, he, I just saw a quote. He, he said he's the black Steve Nash. He's yes. already, he's working on transformations. Yeah, we all know, you know, Steve Nash on the Suns. He's the black Steve Nash. What's a black sun? That's basically the moon. Come on. It's I the know. damn moon. It's and all lined up. It's all lined up. Lined up. And let me be clear. This is not an astrology thing. This is the moon. And we, and we fucks with the moon heavy. But this is not an astrology thing. Okay. No astrology. It's all about Wicca. Wicca, like, look, read the Wikipedia. You'll see moon like five times on it. That also got Minimum. me thinking too. Yeah. You were mentioning the wizards too, uh, previously. And I was thinking about wizards players, like some of their greatest players, Gilbert arenas. What would he do at the free throw line? You toss the ball around his waist three times. What's the moon do around the earth? Think about it. Rotate. Come on, son. Mm-hmm. It's all, it's been in front of us for so long. We should have known. Uh, people, people just need to open their eyes, you know? We're trying to get them there, man. I, I'm, I'm teaching night classes, man. I'm making pamphlets, man. I'm getting the word out. You know, I'm not, I'm not, gonna, I'm not just going to let this shit ride, man. The people need to be informed. After this podcast drops, I'm sure Masterclass is going to hit us up. We're going to have an hour and a half long class, and people are going to get educated. And I'm going to be like, look, I'll do it if you buy me and the homie cloaks. We need new cloaks. <laughs> a couple and staffs. Then, and then we'll talk about it. Yeah. yeah. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, um, how much would it cost uh, for you to draw Russell Westbrook conjuring a basketball with the uh, with the dress bottoms? You know how he oh, was rocking the uh, yeah. the long skirt, like the gala. I yeah. do that for free. It's a legendary photo. Uh, one of the best. I'm a big Russell Westbrook is in my top five favorite people to watch, and I feel like. He also has every single outfit. He comes with a new force. It's like those are his, you know, mystical robes. He never wears the same one. Uh, that's where he gets his powers from. I mean, dropping the the twenty 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 triple double is like probably one of the most mystical performances in sports history because he like claimed he was going to do it and then fucking went out and do it. Like uh, that that game, just like I feel like everyone had to pick up their jaw off the floor when it happened. This is all very true. And the like, which is definitely like loose gear like that. It's like tight, but still loose. You got to be able to move underneath. Yeah, you can't cast a spell wearing, you know, tight gear. You got to be loose. You got to be loose. It's like a lot of finger movements. You got to do different shit with your knees. Right. They keep books like hidden, you know, to cast their spells. They're always reading books. Let me ask you this. Is there a jersey that comes to mind when you see it? You're like, oh, yeah, we might end up in another dimension by the end of this game. 
All right. Uh, that's a really good question. There's, <laughs> there's two jerseys that immediately come to my mind. And one more present jersey is the Suns jersey. Like that uh, one they had that was like the, the night, like sunset. Uh, I forgot exactly what. I think it was like their city jersey. And that one was just like trippy. It's like, I feel like, uh, you know, all of, if you're a witch or a wizard, you're casting most of your spells at night. So it kind of showed that transition to like when they can cast a spell. The other one that comes immediately to mind is, I don't know if you remember the Mavs that one year had that like trash bag jersey. Um, and it was like, I gotta, I gotta look this up. What, what specific the year trash was? Bag it was jersey. like this, it was this like gray brown jersey. It was so ugly and it just stood out to like, why did they have this jersey? And it's so bad that the only thing I can think of is that like, they made a deal with some sort of like mystical being or wizard, or they got hexed to like have this jersey. I, when they changed that logo, when they made the horse seem menacing, yeah, I got concerned. Also, that Hawks one grabbing the ball. The one, the Hawk grabbing the ball is big for me. I see it in my like sleep. There's some like spooky logos out there. Um, yeah, so that that uh, trash the 2003 Mavs jersey. Take a peek at it when you have some off time. Oh, and cool. there's no shot that anyone would pass that jersey off as looking good because it literally looks like a jersey that you would leave out on the side of the street to get picked up by the garbage company like the next day, which makes me think that there was something greater going on. Someone got hexed and those jerseys had to be put out. Yeah. I mean, who doesn't like a jersey you can cut your grass in? But <laughs> Yeah, know, exactly. They they took some they took some interesting chances. Oh, right, uh, yeah, yeah. The gray, the 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 Karan Butler era. Yeah, so and they had Nat Steve Nash was on the team. Well, that's because the see, the material is like it's like some crazy like precious metal, I'm sure, that they had woven in there. Hundred percent. It's like a little bit a little bit of pewter. Yeah, a little, a little bit of copper, something like that, just a touch, just to give it like a, a little, little mystical type vibes. So we know the truth now, and now I wonder, like, I'm just thinking back, like, where do you think it's going down at? Do you think these guys were meeting at like a Four Seasons? Hundred percent. Four Seasons is the crossroads of where anything. You have all Four Seasons coming together, right? It's the pinnacle point. These guys are meeting up. They're, they're having their seance, uh, and, and there's nothing we can do about it as a fan, really. The only, like they're, they're basically, I feel like, pushing fans to have these open conversations again, like around the Great Horn God, which is basically the GOAT debate. They're forcing us to have like now these active discussions about like the triple goddess, which is the triple double God, you know? Uh, and I, I feel like they're the ones like looking back on our as fans, like laughing from obviously the four seasons. You have the pinnacle point of each season of the year. Um, and whenever they're on the road, that's probably where they meet up. I'm sure, especially now, you know, Lakers having, having LeBron James and Russell Westbrook on the same team. You basically have the greatest triple double player of all time with the one of like the lead men of the goat debate you have the triple right you have the triple goddess and the great horn god on the same team like something's going down in la uh it's going to be interesting to watch out because i, I mean i have them as a shoe in for the title of the season yeah. just off of that alone like they could have 
me as every single player on that team, someone with no NBA experience at all. And I think they're still a favorite to win just based off of them two alone. Yeah. They're going to get a lot of wins that look like uh, scenes from Flubber. It's like, how did that, how did that go in? Who's yeah, doing yeah. anything? Uh, Shouts out to Montrez Harrell for being sacrificed for the greater good. And it means Coos. a lot. Yeah, yeah. Can't wait to see what you guys do in, in Wizardville. Also, honorable mention to the NBA restaurant in Orlando. I think a lot of shit got done there, too, when it was still around. Yeah, for real. I mean, there's, there's shit was going down in Orlando anyway. Yeah, it's the perfect place. Nobody's going to suspect shit at the city walk. <laughs> nah, in Florida, you see weird shit happen. You're like, yeah, it's Florida. Like, that's, of course, that's going to happen. No oh, one goes duh. home and is like, hey, uh, saw that, like, alligator take a kid away. Like, what was up with that? Just stuff just stays in Florida. So if you see any, like, voodoo weird stuff yeah. going on, they're just like, oh, that was part of Disneyland. That was part of, you know, what was ever happening. Plus. The only witness is on bath salts. Yeah. <laughs> Who's going to believe them? The other guy on bath salts. And who, who gives a shit about that guy? He's fucking calling out a jury duty. So he's no help. 100%. Let me ask you this. What's next? In my mind, it's basketball in outer space. This mystical energy Whoa. literally brings the game to the moon. Fuck Mexico City. We're playing a game on the moon by 2030. That's what I think. So, you know, MLB just had that game in the cornfield, right? Right. Mm -hmm. And now I've heard talks that like the NBA wants to kind of emulate something similar. You know, what's one of the biggest NBA movies of all time? Space Jam. Where can you, where can that take place? Space. I mean, it's right, it's right in front of us. You'd be pretty naive not for it to happen. It's so close to our eyes, man. I can smell it. I can smell Trae it Young, through my eyes. Trey Young hitting full court bombs from north of Pluto. It's all happening, bro. This is real. And whoever thinks we're joking, get out. Get out of my podcast because this is serious. Turn the podcast off and go straight to bed and forget everything you heard because we don't want you listening anyway. Well, wait, before they leave, uh, you got any plugs you want to get out anywhere that people need to uh, check you out? No plugs here. I'm just here to talk about, you know, the Wicca influence. I think we did it. I think we succeeded. Um, Adam Silver, we're, we're looking we're looking for our applications. We're trying to get in. Once we get our cloaks in the mail, just let us know where to hang out. I, you know, I'll lay back. Yeah, if he needs two guys to test out space ball, like I think, you know, I'll finally be able to dunk. We'll go up there. We'll be the first test. It'll be good. I'll go to the moon for you, NBA. Yeah, he only needs to pay me a little bit. I'll take like half of a vet min. That's nothing. Yeah, no, that's, that's, nothing. that's dimes for a man like him. Yeah, man, that's the price. That's two bags of Takis, man. That's nothing. His name's Adam Silver. He can afford it. He's no Adam Bronze. Silver's more valuable than ever. Everybody know that. 100%. Look, all my contacts are saying, don't put your money in the stock market. Forget crypto. It's all about silver. That's actually what I'm plugging. I'm I'm plugging right now. Put your money on silver. (laughs) Make all of your cash dollars silver coins, Spanish doubloons, whatever you can, and follow NBA Paint at NBA underscore paint. Thanks for coming on. 
Thank you, Jamel. It was an honor. Appreciate you, man. The honor was all mine. Thanks for listening to NBA Storytime. I'm your host, co-writer, and stretch three on the floor, Jamel Johnson. Harry Swartout is our producer, co-writer, and a man heavily invested in rec specs. Daniel Hardigan is our script editor and the guy who mops up after people who fall down under the basket. Devin Shepard is our associate producer and the only one who makes sure we all get on the bus on time. Thank you, Devin. Haley O'Shaughnessy is our consulting producer and leading the league in bench points. John Yales and Peter Moses are our executive producers, and they also insisted on calling their own fouls. Real good to you guys. Got an idea for a story you want us to tell? Leave it in a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, and we'll put it in front of our Podcast Homeowners Association to see if we're allowed to make it sometime in the future. And I'm not repainting my fence. NBA Storytime is a Blue Wire podcast. Catch you next time. Hold up. 